0: Fantastic 4.html is brought to you by the fine folks at CageClub.me. So for all things movies, music, comics, TV, and more, check out the folks at CageClub.me. That's CageClub.me. I'm Nico. And I'm Kevo. And this right here is fantasticforce.html, or should I say fantastic4 unplugged.html. Why unplugged? Well, that's our favorite of the spin-off titles. Oh right. Oh my god. I still don't
1: understand what's unplugged. You won't tell me. Well, the good news is
0: I have other people to deny this vital information. Today with us to discuss a film unlike any other. We have the king of the network, Joey. Hey Joey, welcome back to HTML.
2: I oh I mm. Yeah, I, yeah mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that you keep bringing me back on things that I absolutely hate watching, but yes, thank you so much for having me.
0: It's actually a lot of fun for that exact reason.
2: Oh, I, I figured, I figured.
1: No one's holding a wooden gun to your head.
2: Uh, I that- feel like it was an emotional wooden gun to my head.
1: Now, to talk about the Fantastic
0: Four, it would be impossible without... Bringing in new blood, because that's one of the things the Fantastic Four is about. It's about found family, right? And so we had to bring in another factor. And with us, we have first time correspondent and our favorite new Fantastic Four Fiend. Ooh, okay, that's better than Forder Fiend. Fantastic Fiend. Hey, Jess,
3: welcome to the program. Hey, thanks. I'm so glad to be here to talk about this movie, if it's even considered a movie.
0: I wouldn't. I think it's a really intense flash animation.
3: Seems about Parts accurate. of
0: it, yeah. Well, so for those of you unaware of what we're discussing, we're talking about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four film from 1993, 1994, somewhere in there. It was a film that was produced essentially to hold on to the rights to the film, kind of knowing that the movie wasn't going to come out. It, they kind of thought it might. They kind of didn't think so. They've tried to block it. They've kind of supported it, but not really. It's been shown officially, and I'm bunny earsing the shit out of that once, and that's fair. Now, I just want to double-check, guys. How much familiarity do the two of you have with the Fantastic Four?
3: This is the only Fantastic Four movie I have never seen.
0: Okay, so you're like you're like an FF Media kind of lady.
3: I mean, like, yeah, sure. I mean, okay. I didn't read, like, any of the comics or anything, but, I mean, I've seen but, all the movies. I've seen them multiple times, actually, except for this one, and I don't think that I'll ever be watching this again.
1: That's also fair, and uh, frankly, you have more experience with the FF crew than I do, so mad uh, Wow. Props. And I actually, I'm going to level you have more experience than I do, because at this point, I have yet to
0: see the Trank tank. Still haven't seen the 2015 four.
2: You're both surprising me. That's that's surprising to me.
0: So I'm 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 ready to josh around with you guys and and get to some new Trank material. But until then, Joey, how fantastically fortified are
2: you? I had seen like Jess, I have seen the three most recent movies. I don't remember much about the first two, which I guess not even the first two, the middle two. Right. The Chris Evans, Jessica Alba ones the Um, middle two I like that I like that I guess the most popular of the four I don't know but the new one I you know I I don't know if this is a hot take or not I feel like it probably is I like the new one like I don't think it's a bad movie I don't think it's a good movie but I don't think it's a bad movie so I'm interested that's of the four that's the one I'm interested to see again the most because it has the most actors in it that I like if that makes sense
0: oh for sure well we've done a little bit of a discussion on the history of the fantastic four they were one of the earliest creations out Mm of of stanley and jack kirby's house of ideas as marvel comics they were kind of the first family of marvel both in physicality hey they showed up first what's up guys and they were the first family at marvel now of course the standard fantastic four that debuted in fantastic four number one in november of 1963 were reed sue johnny and ben however there have been a number of other fantastic four members over the years can anybody here maybe take a stab at any of them anybody want to hazard a guess who has been a member of the fantastic four
1: Are these people that we would know? Oh, yeah, some of them. Some of them for sure. Major Marvel heroes.
0: I'm going to say Wolverine dipped in for a spell. Absolutely. Wolverine is part of two separate short stories known as the new Fantastic Four, both of which were humongous hits, not just for their really recognizable cover art, featuring a Fantastic Four lineup of Wolverine, Spider-Man, Hulk, and Ghost Rider, but for the fact that they were something totally different and new.
2: Now, I'm also going to guess that Hulk, but only because, and I don't know where the context is, maybe you can give me the context, but I've seen that comic book cover art of Hulk fighting Thing, and I'm assuming they met at some point, whether they were both on the same team or they were opposing teams, but the Hulk-verse Thing, I know that Thing exists, but I don't know the context of it.
0: Well, it's not so much that Hulk was a member outside of that two-part story I just mentioned now. However, for an extensive amount of time... The Hulk's cousin, Jen Walters, my favesies, She-Hulk, the Shulky herself, was the resident powerhouse replacing Ben Grimm after the Secret Wars in 1984. This was under the pen of the second major writer to have an extensive run on Fantastic Four, and that's going to be John Byrne. John Byrne is a name that's come up a lot on our different programs as a major forefather of modern comics, and his time on Fantastic Four was epic. Whether it involved the loss of Sue's baby or her debating having an abortion, These were palpable, powerful ideas. He removed Ben from the team. He did a lot of very dramatic things that pushed the Fantastic Four to new places. And one of those was, in fact, putting She-Hulk on the team. She became an inextricable part of the Fantastic Four's identity. Just as much as Crystal or Medusa of the Inhumans, who sat in for the Invisible Woman. Luke Cage, who temporarily joined. Frankie Ray, the other Human Torch, who isn't the first Human Torch. She's the third Human Torch and then later on she becomes the fourth Nova. (gasps) Then there's Ms. Marvel, who's also She-Thing. That's Sharon Ventura, and she's not to be confused with Miss Thing. There's also Ant-Man, who's not the other Ant-Man, the one that you're thinking of. This is the Ant-Man that's Paul Rudd, that Ant-Man. I guess, though, maybe you guys would have thought of that Ant-Man first. You guys probably don't go to Michael Douglas slapping Michelle Pfeiffer. I get that.
2: (laughs) Yes. Agreed. I don't know how to come back from this.
1: Look, we can talk in circles about that slap. Oh my
2: god, I just- I have to learn to let it go.
0: Okay, anyway. Other notable members that have taken the reins on the Fantastic Four include none other than the power couple of Wakanda, Storm and T'Challa, during the pages of Civil War, when Reed was kind of uh, a grade A size cockfuck, and Sue and Johnny were on the run, posed as a married couple. Ah. Yeah, fuck you, Mark Millar. Um, during that time, for a period, Storm and T'Challa led The Fantastic Four. Hmm. So it was them and Okay, honestly, it was them and Johnny, but I don't remember how. But like I know Ben was there too. I have to look at my Dwayne McDuffie's. That's on you. It it is on me. But so yeah, you guys, Fantastic Four's had a hard life.
2: Sounds like it. I mean, they. It feels like with the characters this. I don't know. I don't. know I don't know if I. If, if this is true or not, but this well defined, it would be easier to tell a story about them on screen. But like, we're on the grand scale, probably 0 for 4. Like I don't know. Why is it so hard to tell a story about these people?
1: If I had to hazard a guess as we and as we embark upon this experiment, I would say I think it might have at least something to do with falling into what I'm going to call Spider-Man syndrome, where they keep doing introduction movies for these characters. And we just need to stop doing introduction movies altogether for mm, fictional characters that people are all able to recognize. We don't need to see them get their powers and learn how to deal with them you can fill those blanks in using flashbacks or any other method of storytelling it's watching them struggle and not be the characters that people actually enjoy that i think is part of the problem well actually that leads me to a really good question jess
0: i want to know what's your favorite iteration of the fantastic Four's origin is it the roger corman is it the famous two film combo is it the josh trank or is it the plot of the incredibles
3: you know, Plot of the Incredibles is, is a good one. I feel like as much as I thought this movie was complete shit, it, <laughs> yes. it, it did a really good job of like being a nice origin story. You know, if I had watched this for the first time in the 90s, I probably would have been like really enthralled with this story and these characters. But sadly, I I wasn't, so...
0: So just to, to touch in on that for a, a precious moment real quick. My, oh, like the figurines. Yeah. I guess that's, that's where the name comes from, I guess. Yes. That's awesome. Okay, so my dad was, of course a bigger nerd than me uh, while I was growing up and he would go to comic cons and he would come home with the most amazing wonderful gifts for me and this one was sort of one that wasn't a gift for me so much as it was a please don't lose this and I eventually lost it but growing up I had a copy of this on VHS and I was like 13 fucking
1: years old before I found out that other people didn't have this in their homes and I really understand that because there are so many things that I reflect back on that I didn't have that there were gaps in my knowledge for a period of time like when I was obsessed with Greece and didn't know that there was a Grease 2 for two years or I saw the 1990s Captain America movie and I'd never heard anyone ever talk anything about it before I just happened to see it in Blockbuster one day and rented it and I always remembered it existed but I never heard anyone talking about it so I probably would have thought the same thing about the Fantastic Four film if I'd had a copy
0: How many of us never noticed that the Yellow Ranger would occasionally switch i don't know genders in early power rangers and we watched that shit a trillion times Totally noticed. Ha! I love it. You are my new hero. Uh, okay, so part of this experiment is I think it's important that we kind of have a sense of who we'd each fantastifies. So Jess, you just had the first hero moment of the show. Thank if you. you were a Fantastic Four, who would you be?
3: Um, I mean, I'd, I'd probably be, I'd probably be, you know, the Human Torch. Oh, this, sexy,
0: charming, amazing, love it.
3: Who looks to be a thing anyway?
0: Yeah, no, he's, he's horribly misshapen. I can't. I can't, but now, from someone horribly misshapen to a
1: shape I love wonderfully, Kevo, if you were a <laughs> member of the Fantastic Four, who would you be? Uh, I can't remember. Can Sue fly? No, I know not in this because she doesn't have her force fields. Because she we can... shouldn't give women powers in superhero movies, obviously.
0: She can, at the very bare minimum, pinball like a like a real good, good pinballing. All right. I want to say Sue. Somewhere between Sue and Johnny. I definitely see you as a Sue. That makes a lot of sense to me. So then, Joey, you've got...
1: Aw, oh, buddy, you and me, we're we're best friends in
0: college! Ah!
2: <laughs> okay, so do you want to be Reed or Ben? Uh I don't I couldn't tell you a single characteristic about Ben whatsoever other than he has one catchphrase he seems to use a lot. Uh, so I guess I would be Reed, but I don't feel good about it. Although my dream when I get married is to creep people out in the limo as I drive away by shaking my oversized, over arm out the top of the car, saying goodbye, thanks for coming. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Joey, why would you say that on air? Because now my wedding gift to you is going to be a Mr. Fantastic extendable arm for you to wave at people.
2: (laughs) Is this the weirdest way that a movie, any movie, has ever ended? Like, it's up there. Like, I know it's probably not as weird as other movies that intentionally tried to be weird, but, like, it's up there for, like, accidentally unsettling end to a movie.
1: Like the Cloverfield Basement movie. I'll give you accidentally, but, like, Mac and Me was really creepy, for one. So, for the record, Joey, I would have absolutely made you read in a heartbeat. You want to be a kind leader,
0: you want to guide your team to success, but you want people to come to their own conclusions on their own even though you know you are there to fix everything. I absolutely see you as a read.
2: Cool. Thank you. So oh, does yeah, that I mean, make it, you our Ben Grimm?
0: Uh, it does for this unfortunate situation. If I had my choice of anybody I would be Valeria, their daughter. You can be Alicia. So, so you guys have a little bit more background on something I'm going to be incredibly bitter about. Oh man, I would love to be Alicia. That's so ha <laughs> I love that. Oh my god. I wanna I wanna do impressions of the hello video all day. So my actual like favorite thing about the Fantastic Four are their kids franklin who was born in the 1970s and is currently like 12th and valeria the child that sue miscarried and ultimately through the magic of time travel had in 1998 marvel was ready to wish this into another reality but when i say that valeria is the most successful thing to happen to the fantastic four since alliteration i literally can't stress this enough valeria richards is probably the most popular member of the fantastic four bar none she is by far my favorite member now while franklin has the power to alter reality on a fundamental level but views his abilities much like he learned from his uncle peter great responsibility mitigates any amount of power valeria has fewer issues with responsibility and while valeria has no super abilities at seven years old valeria is
1: as smart as her father
0: huh okay so valeria richards would absolutely be my choice but since she's not available i'm happy to be whoever's left
1: And I have to ask guests, did either of you know anything about either of these children?
0: No. No? That's, you know, that's one of those things. Like, I just, I don't understand how people don't know about Franklin.
1: And especially knowing that those characters are so popular in the comics. So like, popular. I I didn't know anything about Valeria until today. Which is, I know, the look on your face, I am also shocked that I don't think she's ever come up once. I know about Franklin and things about his backstory and his potential relation to Galactus. All of these things. It's one of the reasons I do so firmly believe an issue with, them not being able to do a successful Fantastic Four film franchise is that they aren't properly relying on this sort of canon. There are things about Fantastic Four that involve time travel.
0: The Time Variance Authority and Nathaniel Richards reads Evil Father, a time bandit! Ah!
1: So like, why aren't we getting a Fantastic Four movie that already has them established as a team so that we're not seeing them fumbling? Why aren't we seeing them facing a foe that we know that they've faced a lot in comics so there's good backstory to draw from? Why aren't they trying to establish potential seeding in stories for future stories with characters like Franklin and Valeria like we need to be pushing superhero films further. Speaking of
0: future and pushing things further to talk in some Hamilton terms for a minute if you asked Sue what she was proudest of at the end of the show she would say the Future Foundation which is an actual school that the Fantastic Four run in the Marvel Universe for all powerful kids and the children of supervillains to learn how to be responsible with their abilities They developed the program when they realized that Valeria maybe loved her Uncle Victor a little bit too much. That's the other thing. Franklin and Valeria explicitly trust Doctor Doom. Their Uncle Victor would never hurt them. And I mean it. He would die first. Uncle Victor loves his
2: nephew and niece.
1: Valeria is even named after him. It sounds like Lot-Varia.
2: Yep, 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 yep. Every time you say Valeria, I just think of Valerian in the City of a Thousand Planets, which has nothing at all to do with this, but I like more than this. So I just keep getting transported to a world filled with Dane Dehan and what's her name? Yeah, what's her
1: name? and that... Uh... Cara Devine. Cara Delevingne. Yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Delevingne. yeah, 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 yeah. Is she the
2: person
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. that walked off that episode of Worst no, Cooks?
1: No, you're thinking she does look like Taryn Manning. Yes, but you're yes. you're thinking that that's her because you're thinking of that blooper, that news blooper, where the guy's like, why aren't you being yeah, more smiley her! and bubbly? And she's like, it's 5 a.m. This is the fifth one of these I'm doing in a row. I'm answering your question. I'm just not being like bubbly and energetic i'm sorry and they like cut the interview short because she was being too sour
0: i thought they were one big person that also cooked
1: yeah he's thinking of a contestant from the worst cooks reality show from food network where one of them walked off set because she didn't want to do a uh challenge and she like literally said stuff like where's my agent and just like wandered off the set and never came back and wait i heard
2: this story recently hold on (laughs)
1: <laughs> I, I've never seen anything like it on a show like this. That's the kind of shit that I expect to see on something like The Bachelor.
2: Wait, was it Taron so, man- Manning from Orange is the New Black? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. yeah. Oh, man. I thought it was all one big,
0: like, really severe Peter Gallagher eyebrow woman, but it turns out, no. Peter Gallagher's eyebrows have exploded into several women.
1: Women have eyebrows, too, bro.
0: I... It's the future. Now... We have to, I've I've been trying to put it off for like 20 minutes. Anything not to talk about this movie. But I guess there's no way to put it off any further. This movie opens up with a ride through Space Mountain, right? That's what this movie started with. Everybody was like, oh, 1983 just took me to a ball pit at Discovery Zone.
1: I have to say, I was pretty immediately impressed with the score on this film.
0: Absolutely. I loved it.
1: Not bad. A very strong 80s action vibe.
0: I liked it. That two and a half minute opening crawl of nonsense, it's actually kind of par for the course for like an 80s action movie, but this was made a decade later. I have to imagine you guys felt like I was strapping you in for, well, I guess you guys probably thought I was strapping you in to send you to space and bombard you with cosmic rays.
2: Well, I think that there's something impressive to be said about a movie that is 90 minutes long that spends three minutes before we see anything like happen. Which I was like, this, it feels like we're, we're, it feels like this movie's got a lot more runway to work with than it actually does. Which I was surprised by, not impressed by, but just surprised by. It, well, it's
0: because space-time dilation. So, here's the thing, though. Now, Jess, I actually kind of count you a Fantastic Four origin expert. You know, you were there. You're, you're, you're Jess Storm. You are the Human Podcast Torch. And this was your third iteration of their origin, yet it was the first produced. It's also the only... Only one that requires a giant time jump between the initial setup and anything good happening. How did you feel about this sort of artificial build on the Doom Richards relationship?
3: So at first I was like, these kids are way too old to be in college. And then I was yeah, told- forty
0: five year old Ben Grimm.
3: And then I was told maybe they're just non traditionals So whatever. <laughs> And like, whatever, their relationship was fine. What I had a problem with was the fact that Sue is like a four-year-old girl and she ends up falling in love with this like 50-year-old man and it's so pedophilic and it bothered me the entire fucking movie.
0: So there's a term in the Marvel Universe for costumes that can be transformed with a thought that were designed by Reed Richards and that term is unstable molecules. And I believe we can apply that anytime one of these movies kind of goes off. The rails. And for me, child love affair, read Sue romance is the first moment of deeply unstable molecules. I cannot handle it. But I was like, wait, she looks familiar. And I looked at Kevo and then we looked on the Wikipedia. Holy shit. Young Sue Storm is Mercedes McNabb. It's Harmony from Buffy and from Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values.
1: Yep. I was very excited. Young Johnny Storm is also played by Philip Van Dyke, who was the original voice of arnold from hey arnold and played young christopher hayden on gilmore girl
0: yeah young christopher
1: christopher
0: christopher christopher i think you had better leave wow that just transformed everything so this movie's opening really sort of made me laugh because i love whenever anybody tries to talk about science who's clearly never been to a science class in their life this this class where they're all supposed to be scientists Or at least science majors. I mean, Reed Richards and Victor Von Doom are in this class. This isn't slouchonomics. And he's explaining what the speed of light is and then teaching them how to convert it.
1: All right. Well, when your professor is the commandant from police academy and the dad from Punky Brewster, I don't know what else you expect. Okay. This is fair. And to that
0: end, I say, fine, but I love this whole, it's tonight. It can only be
1: tonight. I hate those. It's just make a little bit of effort. This is the closest it will ever be is tonight. (laughs) Just make it be close. Why is it always tonight?
0: So, I mean, Joey, you had to love the production value on this. I mean... Forget the fact that this is clearly some high gen, qual- you know, rough quality copy floating around YouTube that everybody definitely didn't watch. Forget that. But there is something to be said about the sort of like clunky direction, wh- the way Victor kind of reaches out for Reed's face and then goes to claw it like a cat. Oh, I
2: love that. A lot of this was very special, uh- I think.
0: And, you know, it was so much just a running through the numbers till everything got to kind of like the Victor Reed make
1: out. Uh, what did everybody think about those beatniks playing chess, though?
2: Oh, where they were like, it's only like he gets very, very emotional. He's like, it's only a game.
1: I'm still not sure I understand who they were. I don't. Was Doom always Lotvarian royalty? And those were his bodyguards, and they rescued him. I, I guess. Like I mean, that's a that's as good a guess as anybody's got. Did anybody take out any more
2: specifics from the film? I don't, I don't have a lot of specific, like, I I don't know that I could, like, I watched this movie yesterday, I actually watched it, but I don't know that I could answer any question about this movie (laughs) in any regard, and it's not entirely from lack of trying.
0: Yeah, I couldn't explain Mrs. Storm's boarding house- and the setup is so bad and then oh my god and then when Victor's burns are so bad even the music at that Panera
2: can't save him one of my favorite moments and you're talking about production quality just a second ago was when there's the laser beam grid that I was like this is just as good as it was in Oceans 12 I mean it's basically the same thing where somebody's dancing through the laser grid like there's things in here that they're trying to do something cool but I guess it's just a lack of budget or a lack of technology or the fact that it's 26 years ago I don't know but also so, like Jurassic Park came out a year before this so like can we really I don't know if we can criticize the era <laughs>
1: That is something I did genuinely keep saying. I was like, no, we were better than this in 1994.
0: Oh my god. I don't. Jurassic Park, right. Oh god.
1: I don't know if it was trying to be some kind of satire like some of the 90s Batman movies were. I literally screamed when the jeweler popped out of that manhole cover because I could not believe what I was seeing.
0: Well, speaking of trying to do things well, Jess, I don't know how familiar you are with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Kevin and I have covered it rather in depth. And I don't know about you, but this 10 years later nonsense, I think the Russos owe Mr. Corman a royalties check.
3: Yeah, it's... Uh... I think he he needs a little bit more credit here. This movie this movie is bad, but it wasn't that bad. If you, like, transport yourself back to, like, the 90s, like, I oh, tried yeah. not, not to hate on it. Like, some of it, my God, like, what the fuck was I watching? Granted, I was drinking while I watched it to make it a little bit more bearable, so maybe that's why I don't have these very sour feelings towards
1: this. Oh, no, we were high. It's totally cool. And there's a lot to not hate, too. There's a lot of really genuine affection that went into making this film
0: can johnny and susan come to outer space with us <laughs>
3: that was that was, a, that was so creepy it was cre- very creepy because i already knew this pedophilic relationship was coming like
0: and grandma seems to want to offer her up
3: yeah she's like oh yeah sure take her and don't bring her back
0: oh grandma no grandma storm no but also okay so when the movie started and there was that guy on the ground and johnny was like i gotta go oh and like i spent part of the movie trying trying to figure out why they had this little kid moment of Johnny being like, huh. and I realized it has to be to explain that he gets angry easily. And they felt that
2: adult Johnny couldn't, I guess, emote that clearly. Would you say Nico that Johnny is a bit of a hothead? <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to continue the joke that you had established and run ad nauseum on X's for podcasts. I don't know if you've said it here on HTML yet, but I wanted to make sure I brought it over.
1: Oh, I'm so proud of you. Honestly, to me, Adult Johnny Storm came across like he was trying to emulate Michael J. Fox's performance from Back to the Future, but he'd done way too much fucking cocaine, so it was just incredibly manic. My agent gave me all these diet pills. It turns out that they're totally good for you. I can bite through metal!
3: Can we also talk about how he looked at his sister in a very lustful manner? Like, okay. I'm, re- I'm real I- hung up about all this.
0: I don't like it. So here's a huge problem. Sue is too frequently the object of sexual desire and obsession. And I get why in terms of a cultural perspective, there weren't enough other women to do that to, So she had to always be that woman historically in the comics. And so, you know, they're, they're kind of like fucked in that in terms of the fact that they're kind of stuck with those stories. They just need to update them. Cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you guys all in the face with this. The jeweler is a completely original character.
2: That's actually I, a relief. I wouldn't be... I'm not surprised that even a little bit by that. He
0: is kind of a mashup of the Mole Man and a little bit the Puppet Master and kind of the
1: Tinkerer and, like, he's a little bit Danny DeVito's
0: Penguin.
1: That's what I said
3: when I was watching it.
1: yeah and kind of inspector gadget
0: kind of yeah i this is just a mess and you know so they were willing to update the story that far they were willing to make dr doom a really big fan of bad 80s stand-up but they weren't willing to give sue agency i actually counted at one point there were 11 scenes in which Johnny, Reed, and Ben were all asked their opinion or given an opportunity to have an opinion, and Sue was in the scene and did not. Hmm. I can relate so to that. So, it, it's just fucked. Ugh. I, you know, it's it's a personal pet peeve. We are those kinds of... I'm gonna redwind that, okay. <laughs> be like, we're those kinds of people that want to punch men. <laughs> ah! <laughs> that is what I mean, but it's not what I mean. <laughs> it's not what you're broadcasting. Correct. I just feel like with all the opportunity to advance Sue, that here she's just sort of a token of lust and ownership. And Alicia fares no better. Only Alicia suffers from both being blind and a weird parody of the Lionel Richie hello video down to the fact that, yeah, Thing kind of looks like a hairless chia pet
1: made of orange. Okay, I'll allow it. That whole scene of their introduction made me very uncomfortable.
0: Oh my God, he picks her up and shakes her like a rabbit. <laughs>
3: There's a lot of- Bloody no. There's a lot of aggressive face grabbing in this movie, too.
0: Yeah! Oh my god, but nobody touches Ben, because his his suit was, like, really <laughs> delicate. So there's all of these sequences of Ben, and people going near him, and then kind of backing up. The number of scenes that I am positive were filmed completely separately in this film. That entire sequence where they're getting tested later on, I'm convinced no two people were in the same room. But well before those days, oh, oh dear god, the laser. Which- the laser and the powers, and I,
1: I. Oh, the space laser! Oh, and the, the space laser! The, well, the diamond ta- with the other diamonds that help cool down the big diamond.
2: Have we talked about the premise of this? That there's a comet, and they try to land on a comet, and like things break bad in a hurry. Like I don't, like, I don't fully understand the like why they're doing it, other than to say, like again, the Jurassic Park. Like they were so concerned with whether they could, they didn't stop to think whether they should, and they they all become infected mutants essentially are they mutants Nico? help me are they mutants
0: no they are specifically not mutants now there are many terms in the marvel universe to describe kind of like augmented personas right but the best term to use is they are metahumans okay oh so how do you define metahumans a little bit better than a regular person to a lot better than a regular person okay And it is gained through any method. A mutation is a cellular thing that you're born with. Uh, You know, if you get gamma irradiated, you have gamma poisoning in the Marvel Universe. But, you know, if you're just sort of like, I have powers, you just, you're a metahuman.
1: So Hulk isn't a metahuman or is? He is a metahuman, but he specifically is a metahuman who is gamma irradiated. And Carol in the MCU is a metahuman. She was irradiated with that Tesseract energy.
0: She was irradiated with cosmic energy, though? Yeah. So she is technically a cosmic metahuman. Okay, sure, that's in this, fine. In the same category as the Fantastic Four.
1: But they're cosmic metahumans. In, in the Marvel comic and film universe, a mutation is something that you are born with in your DNA that frequently manifests itself at puberty. But what happened to the Fantastic Four is is more of a sitting on a microwave situation.
0: Yes. Now, if you were to be changed in some way that affected your genome structure as such that if you were to reproduce, it would have like chromosome changes as opposed to like passing down radiation, your chromosomes are changed. That is known as being a mutate, which is different than a mutant. If you're a human who has your genetic
1: code sequenced to be a meta-human to simulate a mutant, you are a mutate. That actually makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I really appreciate those distinct and classifications i understand that you two are probably over there like hating (laughs) us for putting you on this show right now
3: i really hope there's not a quiz after this
1: oh god no i usually don't remember what i said moments later
3: (laughs) but one thing that
0: will haunt me for the rest of my days is definitely
1: when they're like sue where are you
0: guys i'm over here
1: sue (laughs) Oh, not the part where Johnny was spontaneously orgasming as they were riding in the rocket. Oh, okay. I was going to be nice and pretend that whole sequence
0: didn't happen. <laughs> but this is some, like, so when Kevin and I first got together, he was like, you got to watch Farscape. And I was like, the production quality. I would long. I longed for Farscape season one. You're welcome. <laughs> this is like WPIX 530 syndication levels. This is Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad. So again, Jess, I got to know, you've seen them get irradiated three times. I mean, I assume in the Trank they get, you know, blasted. So, you know, Jess, what blast do you think is the biggest blast?
3: I don't know. This one was pretty freaking great.
0: It really was. It was very, it was very Fox animated series. Joey, for your money, which is the irradiation that you love the most so far? Oh
2: boy. Um, I mean, how can, it's a, it's a real Sophie's choice. I don't know how you can choose. You know, I gotta be honest, this is the one that has the most comic charm
0: of the two I've seen. So, I don't actually hate this sequence. For my money, the movie gets
1: bad when they're back on Earth. It kind of felt like a horror movie for a little while there, with the way they were all reacting to having these powers. And they were all like... What have we become? It
0: was very survivalist in the woods. I mean, you know, I thought it was pretty bad when we had the stock footage blast off at 25 minutes and then everything looked like a Lisa Frank lava lamp. And Johnny seemed almost happy at first. But it seemed as though there was kind of like a 30-something downward trajectory for these characters. They were all struggling to deal with their powers in a way that wasn't compelling. I was like, all right, then give them back, I guess. I don't know. I was also personally a little worried when it seemed at first like Ben wasn't going to transform. So then I was like, is it that he touches a rock and he transforms from touching a rock? And I thought to myself, well, I'm really glad he didn't touch a penis. boy.
1: That didn't go over as well before. Why do (laughs) you think it's going to go over well now? (laughs) Because he's the thing. I mean, like, I'm just thinking,
2: you know, rock is a synonym or a euphemism or an adjective or a descriptor or something, right? So it's not far off.
0: Yeah, and like,
1: the thing, his thing. (laughs) He's a rock-hard thing. Yeah.
3: To be fair, I was making dick jokes while I watched this.
1: Okay, but I know Nico, and he has probably been sitting on that joke for 25 years. (laughs)
0: Well, I mean, when his title is called The Marvel 2-in-1 Starring The Thing, and it's The Rock-Hard Thing 2-in-1, and he always has a buddy that he gets into adventures with, usually fighting over a lady, and the other book coming out that month is Giant-Sized Man Thing.
2: I like to think that HTML is a long con that he's like, all right, I got this joke. I got this comic idea, this title that I got a riff on. I'm going to I'm going to marry a guy who's going to be down to record a podcast with me and go real deep into pop culture. And then I'm going to do 100 episodes with him. And then I'm going to do I'm going to rope in a couple more people. And then only then am I going to bust out this elaborate plan to say, hey, it's a penis joke.
0: I also produced Rap Battle for the same reason. Oh,
2: God damn it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, so from the moment that
0: Doom is like powers, they're supposed to be dead. I got these like Izma powers, they're supposed to be dead. And Alicia was a little too much. I, I, this first hour of this movie had no plot at all. But did anybody else think that the courier's wing ear on his hat was like he was like a pig creature? I thought we were going to fillery. Yes. Ah. But again, I I, I do want to hats off because Joey, you are right. Everything about the laser sequence with the jeweler just stands out in my mind so clearly. And that whole tap dancing through the lasers number can't compare though to the Alicia abduction number.
1: I got confused and thought it was a dance number for a
2: second.
0: It was very fantastic, fossy.
2: All that jazz. I wish I had. I was going to say, I, I mean, I just get, I said all that jazz, but I wish there was a fantastic four pun in there somewhere. Is a fantastic four pun a fantastic fun?
1: It's a lot of fantastic fun, that's for sure. It might be puntastic.
0: It might be puntastically poor. Pun four stick. Pun four stick. Four pun stick. I'm. Oh, God. So. Um, and we're back to the man thing and we're back to the man thing but here is kind of the heart of the Fantastic Four's issue when Ben is like but I'm ugly now and I was so good looking before Uh, and Reed is like we're in the same boat buddy I've gained unlimited abilities to constantly make myself bigger and smaller as needed to assist myself in all of my scientific endeavors and fun personal jokes but no you look like the fucking aggro crag with eyes and we're in the the same boat that's kind of the eternal damage that the Fantastic 4 has to deal with everybody got a really great deal except the thing and a movie like this really can't give the thing his due it feels so hollow and so removed from the truth of the narrative the thing is not craggy more than what two days the entire time they're in this ridiculous science experiment there's this sense of disconnection from their humanity and I know Oh, that's part of the point but things humanity is meant to parallel their superhuman journey and it just doesn't come to life here I think that's more emotional than anyone's ever gotten about the Roger Corman Fantastic Four
2: I don't know this is a movie that inspires emotions other than like is confusion an emotion
0: Yeah a couple of my notes are look this is bad because no one here is directing
2: Well I think the I think part of that is because the director's name sounds like a knockoff shampoo brand Olay Sassan <laughs>
1: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for that.
0: Hair and makeup consideration provided
1: by. They're also not really much of an anything. They mostly have just, they mostly did video shorts before this and afterwards just did some TV. They did a couple of episodes of Hercules, Legendary Journeys, and Xena, Warrior Princess, including the season three musical episode. Ooh, another musical number. So there's that, but literally nothing else significant on this director's roster.
0: And you know, so much of this movie was designed on a budget and it shows how many of these scenes are and it's in a sense so simple but the Fantastic Four just in the woods and then the Fantastic Four just in a room and then the Fantastic Four just in a sewer. The first hour of this movie has about 10 minutes of the plot in a way that the Sam Raimi might have even dealt with in one of those fun kind of thwip thwip opening intro sequences for Spider-Man. By the time we understand that the actual goal here is Doom wants to steal the power From the Fantastic Four, he's going to use the diamond that he allowed the jeweler to steal because it amused him to let people fuck with the Richards. It just gets so out of control that by the point that the thing runs away because (laughs) and they've escaped in stolen hazmat suits... You're just not connected to the, the story anymore, so that when the thing joins the jeweler penguin's underground club cool, I don't know. I don't feel for him. I'm not like, ah damn, poor thing. So when Alicia says I love you and turns him human
1: and he has to run from Doctor Doom. I don't even know how to begin to unpack everything about that subplot, whether it's the happy Fagin homeless who are like, It's alright, govern. No, we're gonna get you taken care of we're family consider yourself the thing and then yeah i don't know why alicia was put in that crown and veil to start and the i love you scream and uh...
0: <laughs> it almost seems impossible that they thought there was room for all of this in 90 minutes because i sit here going there wasn't room for all of this in 90 minutes yet nothing happened
2: Well, I feel like that's the thing, and I think this goes back to what we were saying before, is that we've seen this movie at least three times, right? It's like the origin story. It's the Victor Von Doom becoming the bad guy, like something terrible happens to him, you know things break bad for him he then for some reason becomes angry at the fantastic four and then they battle but it's like that's that's just what this movie is we're gonna do this three at least three out of four times i think i think i don't remember the middle two i know it's basically what happens in the new one spoilers sorry victor von doom is in the new one i am so sorry that i spoiled that for you
0: no it's it's okay and the third one is galactus and silver surfer So So
2: is is Silver Surfer, like, we talked about the Incredibles before, I think, right? Like, isn't uh, Frozone, is Frozone like Silver Surfer?
0: Well, I mean, Frozone is sort of more like the opposite of Human Torch, but I get what you mean, like the ice slide, yeah. Yeah, I never thought of that before. Silver Surfer has like all the powers, so he's kind of a little bit more like (laughs) Jack-Jack. Though Jack-Jack's like Franklin, because Franklin's got all the powers. But speaking of all the powers, guys, Doom has a real scary gun. Everything about Doom in this is such a power down. Like, this is the weakest iteration of Doom ever. Oh, you didn't like his cat claws? Uh, no, I really liked the part where the Fantastic Four escaped and he went, Huh,
1: that was gold.
0: I was challenged deeply. So, you know... He's gonna steal their powers. Fine, fine. But nothing really about anything in this story makes sense. They get costumes. Like, it's actually hard to have an episode about this movie, okay?
1: When did she find the time?
0: Unstable molecules, actually. You know, they... Oh, wait, no, they don't have them here.
1: Yeah, suck it. Guys,
0: I find us barreling toward the conclusion of this movie, which is the Fantastic Four work together, Reed slides his foot out of the force field, kicks over the diamond, and the Fantastic Four take the fight back to Doom. Doom falls, his glove moves, Johnny, I, okay, guys, (laughs) Johnny getting hit by the
1: laser, the Matrix has nothing on that. Okay, the animation on him as full human torch wasn't as bad as I thought it would be until that point.
3: That part was pretty bad.
1: It looked like lawnmower man. But up until that, the flying it it, it looked pretty decent for a million dollar budget. I guess all said and done, yeah,
0: I mean, I just kept thinking like add a where's where's this guy? Oh my God, he's in space.
1: Yeah, I didn't realize he was in space. Can he do that?
0: I mean, kind of.
1: But how does he have oxygen to stay flaming?
0: I guess he can't. Chet, well he's dead guys i didn't even realize how much like by the end of this movie i'm like yeah i don't want to talk about this anymore it's a really interesting study in why some movies you know joey i think you said it best you messaged me during the movie
2: to say you wish that it was better or worse because like it's boring that's the problem i mean like it's not bad enough to be like engaging and entertaining but it's not good enough to be good it just sort of exists in that like Oh, it's a shame they didn't have more money or more talent or whatever. And not like I'm not knocking anything, but you know sometimes when you're when you're strapped for cash and you're strapped for time and, Roger Corman is known for doing things fast and cheap and on a budget like they're not all going to be winners and I think if you had a little bit more of something in here or less of something I don't know it would be more interesting to talk about or to watch or to reflect upon but at the end of the day it's just like this is a movie and it just doesn't help that no one has a real personality
0: the most any personality comes through is when Reed literally explains their personalities to us in the most ham-handed Hallmark card I have ever had to be a part of
1: I stretch myself to too thin. You're
0: real shy. This guy likes to play with matches. And, I don't know, like, Ben's addicted to crocodile? I just don't understand. And then he's like, our brains wanted to turn our greatest weakness into our ultimate strength. The cosmic rays touched our brain, our bodies, but they also touched our psyches. And then he tapped his heart! Yeah, Reed, you're not a psychologist. At the end of the day, this really, gosh, you know, I, I... I think in so many ways it's reflective of the superhero culture that predominantly took over and led Marvel to bankruptcy in the 90s. This really ties into that era of creative bankruptcy. I feel like, Joey, you're onto something with it. either needs something more or something less. I honestly think the thing it needed less was Doom. Doom should have taken like a Bucky dive, like 40 minutes into the movie and died. And the actual bad guy of the movie should have been the jeweler as the Mole Man. And then the sequel could have been Doom. And I would have been fine with that. It
1: would have been kind of like Batman Returns. See, and Doom was one of the highlights for me, only because I found him entertaining.
0: I get that, but he felt like John Belushi playing Doom. He was doing his best Shredder impression the entire time. Man, this movie sucks. So, um.
2: <laughs> There's one other thing I, I, So, I don't know if I. There was a moment at the end of this movie where I was like, wait, have I seen this movie before? And I don't think that I have, because I'm pretty sure I'm up to date with all things Letterboxd, and I did not log in on Letterboxd. But when they unveil the costumes at the very end, I was like, oh, I very. I know these costumes, and maybe I've just seen pictures of them. I don't know what, but, like, I feel like as abstract and underwhelming as this movie is overall the costumes that they bust out at the end do feel kind of iconic and unique and tied to this movie in a way
1: Well, I believe the scene that you're referring to was very purposely, visually copied by Arrested Development for its fourth season when they parodied the existence of this film. So I don't know if that's maybe where you might be connecting because that's definitely some strong vibes that I got during that scene. I was like, yeah, this is exactly the lab that they were trying to look like. These are the costumes that they were trying to copy for sure.
0: Invisible! 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 fantastic
2: one I mean maybe but I also like immediately followed that thought up with like oh no I've seen this before it's the Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man meme but like that's not this and like I think my brain just wasn't working because I was like 80 minutes into this movie and I was like oh nothing makes sense anymore
1: This will never end. This is my life now.
0: I think it also has to do with the anachronistic zeitgeist that we're kind of viewing this movie removed from. This movie was not released in 1993, 1994. So as a result, what did exist of this movie, what permeated the cultural vernacular or the nerd subculture, as it were, were stills. And the best stills you could use were the iconic shots of them in their costume. If you were looking for a way to say Roger Corman's Fantastic Four in a single image, there were a lot worse ways you could do it than the full cast in their costumes and i think it's one of those situations where the image is far more successful than the actual product and a lot of fans probably remember the batman vs superman short fan film from a number of years ago based somewhat on the frank miller dark knight returns fight that would eventually go on to be somewhat adapted in batman vs superman dawn of justice but i don't think as many fans Fans have seen it as recognized the still of Batman landing. I think that is a really common image people associate with it. But no, and I wonder if it's even a little bit kind of Luke, I am your father syndrome. We all know that line. So that's, that's gotta be there. Only in this case, it actually is there. Maybe. So, guys, I gotta know, taking a look back at this movie, what do you think is the the big takeaway from this movie for you? What, if you had to, like, take a step back and say, I, me, am self, look at film and say, this is the plot of it. What are you walking away? Like, if I had to try and sum it up, I think they're trying to say anyone can science, <laughs> but science responsibly... And I don't know that that's the lesson we should be delivering the little kids. But I, I really think there is some sort of, we can all science. And even if you're shy, or hot-headed, or made of rocks, you can science too. And, or for blind people. And I feel like there is a strong undercurrent to this film, kind of in the Rudy category. But for superheroes.
2: How much time is there between this one and the the, the second one. Is it like 10 years-ish?
1: 11, about.
2: Okay. And that comes after the first Spider-Man and after the first X-Men. So, like, Marvel had reinvigorated itself. So... I mean, this kind of feels like the thing that you just bury in the desert and hope nobody finds. Like, I guess like, was it not, maybe this is a Kevo question, the BTS, like, was this not released because of, it doesn't feel like it wasn't released because of quality, but like, what, like, why didn't this come out? Did we talk about that? Did I miss that? Why didn't this come out?
1: There's a lot of mixed stories about why exactly. Some people say that there was no intention of ever releasing it and that it only got made to retain the rights. Um, Uh, Stanley himself was famous for saying that whereas other people argue that it's more like Avi Arad didn't know it was being made and as soon as he found out he looked into it and was like oh shit you're making this movie with the Marvel name on it how much did it cost you guys to make this let me buy it off of you and destroy every single copy of it because we don't want anyone ever seeing this while we are trying to get our name back and make people take us seriously as filmmakers because something
0: we need to remember is just before this in 1990 was that shit-tastic Captain America movie and just before that in like 88 or 89 was the Dolph Lundgren Punisher so there were a slew of bad Marvel movies recent to this
1: And less than five years after this will come Blade, which was one of the first things to kick off the superhero revitalization.
0: Jess, you kind of did this whole thing backward. You watched the ones that came after and then came back to this one. A big joke we make on X's for Podcast, the show where we take a look at the Uncanny X-Men comic book franchise, starting with Giant Size X-Men number one. Whenever we have somebody look back in the 60s, they always say to me, specifically Joey, I hate old comics, and there's something about this book... (laughs) this book lord there's something about this movie that's got like a real kind of like tongue-in-cheek golden age feel was this like going back to old friends or was this like someone did something horrible to your old friends
3: um it felt like going back to old friends but maybe like we weren't good friends like maybe they were just an acquaintance and like we were gonna maybe like hang out and have a good time and maybe think about being friends mm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. drinking friends got it got it yep, got it yep 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 the fantastic four are all our drinking friends kevo we're starting on a journey. This is the first of four movies. You've never seen any of them. This was your first Fantastic Four movie.
1: Do you realize what you've done now?
0: I've exposed you to cosmic rays. Stop saying that!
1: So, Kevo,
0: how do you feel? Is this the world's greatest comic
1: mag in movie form? I'm still not convinced it's the world's greatest comic mag, so I definitely don't think it's the world's greatest comic mag in movie form. So, back in the 1960s, Marvel had a love of Usable
0: taglines. It was, Here Comes Daredevil, The Man Without Fear, The Uncanny X-Men, The Strangest Teens of All Time, and the Fantastic Four were known as the Fantastic Four, World's Greatest Comic Mag. Yet, no matter how often they try, Marvel has constantly had to cancel the Fantastic Four, not relaunch the book with a new number one to pick up and sales. They booted the Fantastic Four off the face of the planet for a couple of years there. The Fantastic Four... Fantastic Four just have it kind of tough, you guys. And this really kicked things off on a sour note. Well, how do you guys feel taking a look back at this first movie? You guys ready to do the second one? No,
1: so not even a little for bit. This journey. I am definitely excited to watch some mid two thousands Chris Evans movies for sure. And Joanne Gruffith and Jessica Alba, and you know Michael Chiklis is fine when he's on Match Game. Julian McMahon, that's a thing. I was like, "Who's Julianne McMahon?" <laughs> oh, right,
0: she was Clarice and Hannibal. <laughs>
1: That was amazingly funny.
0: (laughs) Well, guys, it has been incredible having you guys aboard our space shuttle to no fucking where anytime soon. Until we return to these fantastic airways and fantastically fortify ourselves further with more cosmic rays and unstable molecules. I know
1: where you sleep. Next to you, handsome. Yes.
0: Oh, that's your point. Yes. Got it. Jess, where can everybody find you?
3: Yeah, so I have a Twitter at JRK. I have a blog. Nobody reads Unicorn Musings. I basically just talk about whether or not people should or should not watch a movie or read a book. I don't want anybody to waste their time.
1: I respect and appreciate that effort.
3: So this is obviously going to get a glaring review. Um, (laughs) I'm going to let everybody know they don't need to watch it, but they can if they want to.
1: I feel like it's worth viewing at this point for history. But if you're looking to watch it for like actual pleasure, I don't know how much you're going to get.
3: Unless you're turning it into a drinking game, it could be very Oh, for
1: sure. Yeah.
3: Well,
0: I am super excited. When that post goes up, we'll be happy to link to it here on HTML so that everybody can know just how little they had to watch this. <laughs> Joey, as always, I love being the worst part of your week <laughs> to make the best part of mine. And until you come back to grace our gorgeous network's airwaves, where can everybody find you?
2: Well, they can find me where they can find you every other Tuesday. The two of you, Nico and Kevo, are going to be joining us on Too Fast, Too Forever this entire lap every other Tuesday. You're covering the Fast and the Furious movies. Neither of them have seen them at all. So that is going on right now. Also every every Tuesday and every Friday, so twice a week over on Too Fast Two Forever. Joe Two and I cover movies. We are kicking off the missing pieces and Letty Ortiz Lap. So we are doing all sorts of movies uh, to check that out. So we have like 110-ish episodes right now. So go check that out and just poke around CageClub.me. And I'm at SoulPopped just about everywhere on the internet.
0: Now, I just need to double check. When we watch Fant- <clears throat> when we watch Fantastic, Furious, and Fast Forever, uh, when do we watch Ghost Rider? Which, which film of that franchise is
2: Ghost Rider? It's the third one. I don't know how to answer this question in a funny way. I I am so sorry. Uh, <laughs> Ghost Rider, if you want, I do. I would love to
1: throw it in that lap. Both of them. I saw them both in the theaters. Both of them. Oh my God! I was thinking Night Rider. No, I'm I'm talking Nicholas Cage's Ghost Rider. No, I get it. I just I was thinking Night Rider.
0: Uh, what does Night Rider say? Hello, computer, or something? I never saw it.
2: it says I'm Mr. Feeney.
0: Yeah. Wait, Mr. Feeney was the John voice of the Adams car. is the voice of the car. Is that who plays Mr. Feeney? He plays John Adams in 1776. Oh. That yes. White Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All that. Kebo, other than watching actual Hamilton with me,
0: where can everybody find you online?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at kevo really K-E-V-O-R-E-A-L-L-Y. And you can find me on the Facebook page for this lovely program, Husbands Talking More or Less, at Real Nico kevo Action. You can also find the super fun, super cool, super inclusive superhero comics that Nico and I produce over at KidRidecomics.com. Nico, where can the folks find you? You guys can find me all over this amazing network here on HTML or over on the aforementioned X's for
0: podcast. Don't forget to check me out over on Twitter and Instagram. That's Nico Action and I- I-C-O-A-C-T-I-O-N. Guys, until we return, keep those cosmic rays lit and those molecules unstable. Get out of here with those cosmic rays. I don't have more joke. Guys, thank you so much. (laughs)